0: Praise the Lord and God bless you. Pastor Fields here. It is my joy as always to come together with you on this Wednesday evening to go into the word of the Lord. God's word is always rich. It is always good. And I want to thank you again for faithfully joining with me week after week uh, into Bible study and for allowing me to come into your homes, your offices, and your automobiles here at the Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C., and the Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, New York. We love the Lord, and we love God's word, and we love all of you. Thank you all uh, who have connected with us tonight, and we're anxious to go into the word of the Lord on tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for all that you've done and for all that you're about to do. We thank you for another opportunity to come together in your word Bless us, Lord. Bless everyone that makes this connection on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. Now, we have been in the series uh, entitled, A Letter from Jesus, and we are in the book of Revelation, excuse me, chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. We started in Ephesus. From Ephesus we went to Smyrna, excuse me, and tonight we are in Pergamos, Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17, and if we would give the lesson tonight a title, it would be The Failing Church. One word in particular, compromise, compromise, they were considered a failing church, because of compromise and remember uh, the Lord is writing a letter to the seven churches of Asia Minor it is a mail route and the letters are circulating Uh, he writes and addresses it to the angel of the church in each city that there was a church at and he writes to them and he is admonishing them to repent of their sin and turn back to being faithful to the word of God. Uh, There is a message that he gives to each church. Uh, There are conditions that he gives to each church, and he writes to correct them, Uh, not only to correct, but he does admonish and encourage, Um, and the letters to the seven churches, it. It reveals a serious deviation. Uh, They have begun to deviate from the New Testament apostolic standard of living, apostolic teaching, uh, those teachings that were passed down by the apostles of the church. John is writing on Christ's behalf. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord tells him what to write. And um, John is writing. by the under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, Jesus is telling him exactly what to write, um, and he rebukes compromising sin in the church, and he's admonishing them again, as I forestated, to repent. Let's read these verses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's read these verses out of Revelation chapter two, verses twelve. Through seventeen, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days, wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of Licolaitans, which thing I hate. Verse 16, Repent. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. My Lord. So Pergamus. Was the capital city of Asia Minor? It's the capital of Asia Minor, home to many temples that were dedicated. Um, and we're dealing with Greek mythology during this this time period. So these temples were dedicated to Zeus, Apollo, Athena. Uh, Asclepius, Asclepius was was a cult that dealt with the healing of diseases and sicknesses. And temples that were built also to honor Caesar. Excuse me, its citizens were sophisticated, they were literate, highly educated society, embellished in philosophies and sociological ideas. Um, The church at Pergamos is admonished for permitting false teachers to put stumbling blocks in the way of believers. How do I know this? Well, uh, verse 14 says, but I have a few things against thee because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit Fornication. So while people may not be initially um, teaching or tolerating the spread of deceptive ideas, um, eventually they are leading people away spiritually. Eventually. Eventually. Which means somewhere along the line they started lowering the standard. They started accepting, perhaps the church becomes more political in their ideas instead of scriptural, Uh, and in order to fit in, they started lowering their standard um, and compromising doctrine, Uh, but that ideology and that way of thinking, all of a sudden switching up and saying, well, okay, we'll let it go. We'll... It was becoming a stumbling block spiritually to those who really wanted to live right and to make it in. Yes, you know what? In in all of our uh, philandering, I'll use that word, and mixing up and trying to fit in and preachers taking down the standard and saying, okay, uh, we'll change it. it that, that was back then, but not now. Uh, you're creating... You're creating a problem to those who really have held on to the truth. Uh, and, and it becomes a stumbling block because all of a sudden we don't have to do this anymore. All of a sudden holiness um, is passé and all of a sudden uh, this is acceptable. And, and he's saying you're, you're becoming a stumbling block spiritually because you are compromising you have begun to compromise okay you can come in do whatever you want to just pay your tithes you'll be all right uh, the word of god reveals to us that not, that not only can false teachings cause people to stumble um trials and tribulations can also and persecutions. Um, Matthew twelve 13, I'm sorry. Matthew 13 and 21 says, Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended. Mm-hmm. Now, um, just like trials and tribulations may become stumbling blocks because there are people who have backslid or walked away because uh, trying to live holy and attempting to do right has become burdensome and instead of holding on they walked away but um, so can those who are supposed to be good examples now they have become bad examples and I, and I'll I'll just read the scripture to you first Corinthians. Chapter eight, verse nine, he says, but take heed, this is Paul talking, but take heed lest by any means this liberty, he's talking about the freedom that comes now with salvation. Uh you've been delivered, you've been set free. Uh but he says, Take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Hmm. And, and and Paul is saying, Yes, you've been delivered, you've been set free. Uh, and then here, he's talking about things people were eating, and it may be offensive to those uh, who are struggling with it. For instance, uh, the Jews didn't eat pork. Now, uh, you have the Holy Ghost, and he's got the Holy Ghost, So we, and the Bible says, rise, Peter, slay, and eat. Uh, it's all right for us to eat it, but it's still offensive to your brother. Uh, he says, don't be a stumbling block to your brother. Uh, don't don't do that uh, so there are other, there are things yes that we do that can become a stumbling block uh, to others but this church this church was becoming a stumbling block because they were compromising the doctrine compromising the teachings of Jesus Christ um, and some will stumble Some will stumble over the word of God and the teachings of Jesus. Some will because they don't want to adhere to what Christ has to say. They don't want to be holy. Uh, But God's church is to be a holy church. God's church is to be an example. God's church is not to compromise. God's church, I said. Malachi 2 and 8, but ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. I want to take you back to 1 Corinthians. Something Paul says um, concerning we that preach the gospel. He says, we preach Christ crucified under the Jews. And it has become a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. So yes, people will hear the truth. Now, listen, if people hear the truth and stumble because they don't want to live according to the truth, what do you think happens when those who were preaching and teaching the truth all of a sudden switch up and start compromising? My Lord, you have a big ball of confusion. So Jesus has this letter written to Pergamus, and he says, uh, these things saith he that has a sharp sword with two edges. I know your works, and I know where you dwell, and I know where Satan's seat is. Now, some commentators and theologians say he's referring to the temples that were being built or had been built to to Greek gods, Zeus, Athena, Apollo. Uh, So I know where he's sitting, uh, but you all, not you all, but some of you are bringing that stuff into my house some of that heathenistic or paganistic worship and beliefs and some of that uh, sociology you're bringing it into my house and it doesn't belong there so he says and and you're holding fast to my name and you've not denied my faith even in those days wherein Antipas uh, Antipas that's that's another lesson but he was martyred uh, for the cause of Christ. He was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth, right? He he, he refused to mix uh, that paganistic worship and ideals and he stood up against it. And because of that, he lost his life. But in all of that, he says, I still have something against you because you have those there in the congregation. You have people in there that are holding on to the doctrine of Balaam, uh, and remember, Balaam, um, Balaam was a false prophet who was told, "If if I pay you X amount of dollars, I want you to put a whammy on God's people." Yes, and because of this, it's it. There's a stumbling block there. Listen to my notes. Um, hmm. The church at Pergamus evidently had teachers who taught that saving faith and a lifestyle of immorality were compatible. It's all right. And, and this was, was the Baal worship uh, that Israel was tempted with back in the day where now they're saying, okay, it's all right to live any way you want to live, uh, and God will accept that. Uh, but that's not the truth. Uh, they, he says they're teaching that, um, that you can do what you want, live any way you want, uh, and you can even eat things that were sacrificed to idols. Listen, this was part of the heathenistic worship. If you went to the temple of Zeus uh, or Athena's, uh, in Athena's temple, um, orgies um, and homosexuality And these acts were done in the temple, right? Um, Making sacrifices to idols. And he says it, sacrificing to idols. You're eating food that was on the altar that was sacrificed to idols. And he says to commit fornication. You are allowing it. They're saying now that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So, now we have a church that is has lowered the standard. they are comp- compromises in the camp, and um, it's being promoted. Compromise is being promoted, which means now sin, the tolerance for sin is rising. They're tolerating this. They're tolerating this. Oh, leave them alone. It's all right. They're tolerating this. They're tolerating this. I don't know why I'm stuck there, Uh, but we must stand for the truth. The church, the people of God, we must stand for the truth. We must. We must. We must stand for the truth. Revelation. We're in the book of Revelation. A letter from Jesus. We're in Pergamos tonight those of you who are just coming in Revelation chapter 2 verses 12 through 17 I'm going to try not to hold you too long uh, the letter to Pergamus was addressed to a church that was drifting into worldliness and carnality worldliness they were drifting they didn't start out that way but now they are drifting into worldliness and carnality so the application of this message to our churches today is obvious if you want to bring it up to the year 2021 getting ready to be 2022 worldliness has swept the church yes come on into the church and it, it was so bad that when you went into Pergamus, you couldn't tell whether you were outside or inside and and when i say that i mean by uh the spiritually and how they looked and how they presented themselves how they thought right um and in many ways it's it's happening today where worldliness has swept the church listen to these words we're in revelation chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 and to the angel of the church in pergamos write these things saith he which have the sharp sword with two edges Mm -hmm. His word is sharper. His word is sharper. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I know thy works. I know how you're living. I know what's on the inside. Yes. And I know where you dwell. I know where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name. And you've denied. You have not denied my faith. Even in those days where an antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you. Where Satan dwelleth. But I have an ought against you. I have an ought against you. Uh, But he does express gratitude for the things they had been faithful for, right? Uh, To those who have been faithful, to those who have been faithful, I want to commend you, right? So, um, and as usual, because we we know from the other two letters, um, he begins the letter to Pergamus with a reference to himself, right, uh, and with a word of commendation. The angel of the church in Pergamus, I want you to write these things, John. Um, these things say of he that hath the sharp sword with two edges. That's his word. I have the word. I am the word. I know thy works. And this expression, I know thy works, occurs in all seven letters. I know thy works I know those who are living holy. I know those who are playing church. I know those who really love me I know those who really don't care anything about their salvation or me. I know thy works. God knows your works. God knows so let's 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 discuss a little bit these words. I know thy works because um, he's saying I know your loyalty those who are holding on, those who are striving to live right, those who are doing all they can to be pleasing to me, their loyalty. Uh, Verse 13, the first segment of verse 13, I know thy works and where thou dwellest and where thou dwellest. I know where you dwell and I even know where Satan's seed is and thou holdest fast my name. So he's dealing with uh, those who are being loyal to him to his person you've been loyal to me right even in the midst of all of this difficulty you're being loyal and faithful to me hallelujah in the midst of all of this and you're in a dangerous place because people hate the fact that you want to live right and want to live holy in this society during uh, when pergamus was was alive when the saints back Back in this century, it was dangerous to stand up against a Zeus worshiper or someone from the temple of Athena. You can lose your life like Antipas did. He says, but you remain loyal. You're holding on to my name, even in this dangerous place. And let me tell you, people of God, this world is becoming a dangerous place. And in some countries, it's dangerous, very dangerous for someone to say, I love Jesus. I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. It's very dangerous. Hallelujah. Yet people are still holding on to his name. Holding on. He told the church of Smyrna, you're going to be put in jail. Some of you may lose your life, but be thou faithful. Hallelujah. You will receive a crown of life. So... They were loyal to his person, and they were loyal to his precepts. Thou hast not denied my faith, my teachings, my word, my instructions, even those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. Mm -hmm. So there were false creeds now, though that had come into the church, false teachings, false beliefs, false concepts, those things that would fight against the truth of God's word. Revelation 14, 2 rather, 14 and 15, I have a few things against thee because you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication, so hast thou also, to add insult to injury, you have those who are holding on to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And I hate that. I hate that. I hate that teaching, right? That narcissistic, humanistic teaching that puts flesh above the power of God. Gnosticism that puts knowledge Hallelujah. That puts that philosophy above the word of God. So there were two false teachings in Pergamos. Yes, the doctrine of Balaam, right? Um, and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, the doctrine of Balaam. Hallelujah. Listen, um, this was an outward looking heresy, a form of neo- uh, it it neo-ecumenalism, and I, I know I mispronounced the word, ecumenalism. Thank you. I have to learn how to take my time. That means um, ecumenical. Thank you, Jesus. It means that you embrace different concepts, a form of neo. That's ecumenalism on steroids, where... You're accepting lifestyles. Although it's offensive, you are accepting it. Um, Let's be more relaxed in what we're loyal to. We know the truth, but let's relax our loyalty to the truth. Let's talk about uh, the fact that we we should just all get along. Even if you are an offense to God, I will embrace you. That's what Baal was all about. This, the Nicolaitans, it was an inward-looking era, a form of a mentality. So, um, Baal worship and and dealt with anything that you can see outwardly. Um, the way they dressed, cross-dressing. Wow. I wish i could i wish i could dig into this the way i want to i don't have time um the nicolaitan dealt more with what was going on inside the mentality a form of church mentality a form of church mentality that says something like this uh, there's too much leadership in the world they say too much government but the nicolaitan church mentality says there's too much leadership i don't want a pastor really let the pastor be a figurehead just let us live any way we want to live don't correct me don't discipline me when you see me do something wrong leave me alone right so the doctrine of bail dealt with outward stuff um the doctrine of the Nicolaitans dealt with your inward thinking. Nicolaitans, if a Nicolaitan was running for president in government, uh, he would say this, there's too much government, and he would say the, the less government we have, the more free we are. A Nicolaitan mentality in the church says, The more the preacher leaves me alone and doesn't preach against sin, the freer I will feel. I hope you understand where I'm going. So the doctrine of Balaam deals with um, the wisdom of this world. That's in verse 14. Revelation 2 and 14. The doctrine of Balaam talks about and deals with the wisdom of this world, the worship of this world, and the wickedness of this world. To sum up the Nicolaitan mentality, and we're gonna we'll come back to this as we go through the other churches too. It it goes from being unscriptural practice, unscriptural practices to unscriptural principle. I'm practicing it now. I'm going to do this. I'm compromising and my principles are no longer lined up with the word of God. So that means that now people in the church have become just as immoral as those who are in the world. Holiness is not supposed to bring me to immorality. Holiness is holiness is what brings me closer and closer to God. So this is a damnable doctrine, a doctrines of devils seducing spirits. So let me sum it up again. Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam deals with the wisdom of the world, the, wis- the worship of this world, and the wickedness of this world. The Nicolaitan uh, teachings deal with uh, unscriptural practices. Because my mentality has changed. It's all right to do it. It's all right to be there. It's all right. It's all right. Everything is all right. So now it's taking me to having unscriptural principles where even I'm raising my children. Have you even noticed how church looks now? The mentality of, of many in the church now where anything goes. And because of this, because of this it's become a stumbling block to generations behind us. Many of our children don't even want to go to church. And part of that is because a lot of us spend so much time compromising our principles. or we have become so worldly. Yes, we have. So here's the crisis. It, it, has, it has brought them to a crisis. <clears throat> because God says, I hate it. I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I have a problem with you because here is the doctrine of Balaam. Also, where um, everything is the world, the world, everything is money, everything is money, everything is money. Yes, the prosperity gospel, all that prosperity teaching is part of the doctrine of Balaam. Yes, it is. Where all the preacher wants is money. The only one getting rich is the preacher. Right, The preacher is collecting all this money for a private jet, and you're riding a bicycle to church. Something is wrong. The wisdom of the world, the worship of the world, the wickedness of the world. So now we have a crisis. He's writing a letter to the church. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth repent now you don't want god as your enemy and and there was a play years ago when i was coming up in broadway your arms are too short to box with god the lord says if you don't repent i'm going to come right away and i'm going to fight i'm going to fight against them with the sword of my mouth hallelujah I don't want God as my enemy. The Lord is seen standing in the midst of the congregation at Pergamos with a two-edged sword. and He gives them a warning. I'm going to come quickly and fight against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let him hear. Let them hear, to them that overcometh will I give to eat of them hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So listen, three things we're dealing with in Pergamos. Let's dig a little deeper. Idolatry, because they're bringing that stuff into the house of God, Right? He says i know where the seat of satan is and there were people in in the city worshiping zeus apollos uh, athena right all of this different stuff and they're trying to mix it they're trying to mix it with holiness mix it with the gospel uh, so um, idolatry and if you plug it into what the old testament church was dealing with idolatry immorality because now you're bringing that demon worship in my house you're worshipping false gods idols and part of their worship was fornication and adultery right even the sacrificing of their own children all of that stuff they're trying to mix it uh, and it idolatry immorality and infidelity you're unfaithful unfaithfulness to to your faith to the doctrine unfaithfulness to to just unfaithfulness all of this is happening and he's saying repent repent of your idolatry repent come back to me or else i'll come quickly and i'll fight against you with my word hallelujah so let's dig even deeper because he says um but if you're able to overcome this idolatry, this immorality, if you're able to overcome this infidelity, the overcomer in the church has to keep himself from all three of these things. If you're going to be an overcomer, you have to overcome idolatry. There should be nothing in between you and Christ. Anything that's in between you and Christ, anything that you love more then Christ has become your idol. You're idolizing it. Anything that you bow down to other than Christ, anything that you worship other than Christ, you have to overcome immorality. Just because the world is doing it doesn't mean that it's okay for you to do it. No. Just because it's okay for the world to look that way doesn't mean that my children should look that way. And infidelity, you have to overcome infidelity. You have to be true to me. You have to be true. You have to overcome these things. He said that if you overcome, I'll give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth." Listen to verse 17. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. And on the stone a new name written, which no man knows except him that receives it. So listen, um, the hidden manna, the hidden manna is something that you receive already in this life. It's hidden manna. It, It corresponds to your hidden life right? Because we're in Christ. Any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. But Paul says something that is powerful in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. He says, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You're in Christ, hidden in God. Yes, you're hid with Christ in God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new Creation. So your hidden life is what is that place where we, where, where there? If you're in Christ, your life is hidden, right? Where no one knows what's going on except for you and God. It's that secret place. It's where you're tempted, yes, to um, to impure thoughts at times, to pride, to lying. But it's also where you fight and overcome. Listen, this walk is a fight. It's not easy. Don't let anybody that's in church fool you. It's not easy. No, because there's a war going on. As as spiritual as we want to be, as much tongues as we speak in, as many years as we've been in prayer, you still have a, a fight. There's still a war going on. You still are tempted. Yes. Yes, that sister that's on the missionary board wears white. And in the pretty hats, and she speaks in tongues and claps. Yes, she gets tempted. Yes, the preacher that preaches the word and serves you communion, he's human too. He gets tempted to have pride and to tell things that are not the truth. Yes, it's also where we fight and learn how to overcome these temptations. He that overcomes. And we can because greater is he that's within us. Than he that's within the world, the hidden manner is the help that we get when we pray in those times. That hidden manner comes through our relationship with God. It's 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 the nourishment we receive through His Word, glory, not just what I've read, but what He said in my spirit, what He speaks in my spirit, mm-hmm. power from on high. It's given to everyone who asks for it. Everyone with the longing to be free from sin. Hallelujah. I don't wanna go back to what you delivered me from. That hidden manna gives vitality and life. That's what he means by, I'll give you that hidden manna. Hanarosi, glory. The white stone, he says, he that overcomes you'll also get a white stone and a new name. Now listen, during the time uh, that this was written during this century, um, a white stone was equivalent to innocence. If you were to be tried for, for a criminal act or tried for a crime, a white stone signified that you were acquitted. A black stone signified guilt. So to receive a white stone means that you are free from condemnation there is therefore now no condemnation hallelujah so he said if you overcome i will give you a white stone that white stone of acquittal you will not walk in condemnation because you have compromised you have been tried and have been found worthy so the white stone is a symbol um of whom you have become through your faithfulness, remember? Because when you begin to compromise, now you're dilly-dallying and being unfaithful. So uh, you've become, it's a symbol of who you've become because of your faithfulness and your determination to rule over sin. I don't want sin to dominate my life. Now we're talking about spiritful believers. Yes, that old man still knocks on your door those old temptations, because we're still in this flesh, but we've got to be an overcomer. It is rock hard faith and purity that we're trying to develop in our lives. Hallelujah. Listen, as long as we're on this earth, as long as we're in this flesh, our faith is going to be tested. The trying of your faith worketh patience. We're going to be tried. We're going to be tested. Yes, as long as we're here on the earth, Your faith is going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. But when we get to glory, hallelujah, there in eternity, it will have already been proven. It withstood the testing. Hallelujah. He that overcomes, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. So, I'm going to take that white stone and I'm going to write a new name. There's an old gospel, apostolic hymn that says there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. I'm going to write on this stone your new name. Now, the only one that's going to know that name is you and the Lord. I've got a new name. I know what they call me down here. But when I get up into eternity, when I get up into glory, he's going to give the overcomer a white stone, and I'm going to write what your new name is on that stone. This name will reflect the battles that you've been through. Hadna, glory, the sufferings that you've had, the things that you have endured. It will illustrate that you have Become, because of your faithfulness, a true child of God. First, Second Peter 1 and 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You overcame all of that. And I'm going to give you that white stone of acquittal. And I'm going to write your new name on it. You know the battles that you had to endure? The things that you sacrificed? The things that you went through because you wanted to hold on to Christ? Hallelujah. The things that almost destroyed you, but you held on to the Lord? You endured to get to where you are? Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to write a new name on that stone. And it will be the ultimate symbol of victory. Listen to this, of victory and transformation. Hallelujah. Listen to my notes. All of this is proof that your faithfulness is highly esteemed by God. God loves faithfulness. He hates compromise. Don't compromise who you are. Don't don't lower your standard. Don't mix the world with anything. Don't don't try to mix anything with your worship. This new name that I'm going to give you, only you and I will know this name. It is the testimony of your spirit and how God sees you. Hallelujah. Listen to my notes. He doesn't see what you were according to your human nature. He sees the new creation in you, the result of your faithfulness to him and his word. I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is what you'll be throughout all of eternity. You'll have that white stone. And a new name. No more battles to fight over sin. Hallelujah. You'll have a new body. You've overcome. Hallelujah. You'll be pure. A new hands, new feet. A body not made with hands. All you have to do is hold on to the truth. He was upset with Pergamos because... Of the spirit of compromise, and now two heresies, two false teachings, two false doctrines. So the, the church now has all of this false teaching in it, and and people are starting to live in the ill kind of way. Um, and and the Lord said, this this can't this can't be. Compromise is very dangerous. Listen, and and we didn't we didn't define it, Lord. I'm sorry, we didn't define it, but compromise, listen to what what Webster says compromise is, a way of reaching agreement in which each person or group gives up something that was wanted in order to end an argument. Now we know that, that definition of compromise, but let's dig deeper because this was the issue that Christ was having with uh is something that combines the qualities of two different things and so in order for holiness and sin to to mix and that sounds crazy but this is what they were trying to do trying to mix holiness yes we're holiness church but but we're we are liberal there goes that word liberal you we're not we're not as rough as other people are. And you know, this is this is where we run into trouble where you want to speak for God and say, well, God is maybe he's being a little harsh. It's okay, come on in. It's his word. It's his standard. Hallelujah. A change. Listen to this. Compromise, a change that makes something worse. And that is not done for a good reason. Something that is tolerated that's going to do harm in the long run. So listen, let's talk about it before we close. The compromising silent church often lacks boldness. It's easier to be passive. It's easier just to sit there and don't say nothing. Let them do whatever they want to do and live in your kind of way, even though the word of God speaks against it. Never talk about it. Never teach it. Right? It's not healthy. And it's not God honoring if if the church just sits there and says nothing about the sin and they lack the boldness. Yes. Listen to my notes. Jesus lovingly challenges the silent compromisers in this church. You have a nice church. You feed the homeless. You reach out to those in need. But I have an issue with you because you got Balaamites in there and Nicolaitans. You got Balaam telling you, you can have all the money you want. Just, Just don't preach against homosexuality. Don't just don't say this, don't say that, and you can be a rich church. Just tell them that they can make all the money in the world, uh, name it and claim it. That kind of stuff. Um. Just don't say anything. And I'm, I'm, I've got a lot of thoughts going through my head. Also, uh, the silent church allows false teaching because they don't want to rock the boat. If, if i say something about it or rock the boat it'll create trouble And and listen when you start accepting the sin that's really when the trouble begins because now the church has become so liberal and now you're twisting and reinterpreting the truth uh and this is where the word really liberal comes from right can't we all just get along um I have in my notes the pulpit may not be dead like it was in Ephesus, but it will miss it will mislead. It will mislead. It'll make people think that it's all right to do it when it's not all right to do it. Listen, pastors of these churches are cheerleaders, never coaches. Right? A coach not only says you did a good job, but a coach corrects the bad behavior, what is wrong. No, you can't do that. That's what a good coach does, right? You can't just encourage and not convict when they're doing wrong. What if God's word remains silent about sin? What if God just didn't care about it, remained silent? Listen listen to this. What if the songs that we sang or the, the sermons that we heard excuse me failed to convict said nothing about uh, sin and it's and being forgiven and living right what if those who offered counsel simply listened but never challenged you Listen to what I'm saying what if law enforcement officers never enforced the law you see where I'm going so the true church, I'm talking about the church that Jesus built cannot remain passive or silent about sin. Hmm. Listen, I wanna read Matthew seven and five. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And I think this one verse sheds some light where he says, remove the plank out of your eye, then you can see clearly how to remove the plank out of your brother's eye. Our our sinful tendencies. The church has too much sin sitting in the pew. But we have a tendency to point at the flaws of others. And with this mindset, we'll, we'll never accomplish what we need to accomplish. We have to deal with, with the sin within, before we can try to help somebody else come out of sin. Now Pergamos has all this sin sitting in the pew. My God. Yes. The doctrine of Balaam. Let's go back there. Yes, and I I know when we originally talked about it, when you originally see it, it talks about uh, whom God blesses, no man... No one can curse, but the Pergamos mentality um, was a mentality that was based now on pleasing man and not pleasing God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's a troubling trend in the church towards moral compromise, um, where even the things that we're allowing people to do. Are saying people can go on and do it and not saying there's there's an issue here. And there are a lot of things that are sitting right in the church from the pulpit to the door, from pornography um, to abuse. No one's saying anything. We're just sitting there watching it. Um, yes, the certain things that we discuss that are so worldly that it, 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 there's no spiritual content at all in it and we just let it flow from the things perhaps that are being taught and preached from the pulpit that are not scriptural and no one is saying anything and God is trying to wake Pergamus up. Wake up, wake up and repent. If you don't, I'm going to have to come and fight against those who are teaching and preaching things that have nothing to do with my word. Hmm. So uh, the Church of Pergamos and even a lot of people today are holding on to false teaching, Um, impurity. Forget about holiness. Forget about that. Hmm. So um, a little bit of compromise can really lead to big problems. A little bit of compromise can lead to some big problems. Right. A little bit of compromise. Well, I'll just have one little drink. And before you know it, now you're getting drunk. Oh, I'll just I'll just watch this movie and I'll, you know, but now you're looking at it over and over again. And now you have a pornography problem. Right. And you got to preach Sunday, but you but you got all of this stuff in your mind because now you're dealing in pornography and and. This is where Pergamos was because they were mixing Zeus worship and Athena worship and this philosophy and that philosophy and that and bringing this in and mixing this in and everything now is all right. But I'm here to tell you everything that you see in here is not all right. And don't bring it in the house of God. He says, if you don't repent, I'm going to have to fight against you with my Word And my word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to my notes. Many people walk away from church not because God fails them or because the word of God proves to be untrue, but because of the love of the world, the gratifying of the flesh. They rather have their flesh gratified. So in short, the doctrine of Balaam, right? We can't overlook the seriousness of this issue. Jesus said that the worries and desires of this world, along with the deceitfulness of wealth, come in and choke the word. Hallelujah. Making it unfruitful. My God. Mark 4 and 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things... Entering in, choke the word and becometh unfruitful. So the passion, the passion that Pergamos once had for the word of God, they lost it. Now they're mixing stuff with it, right? And when you get that way, now you have the pollutants of the world mixed in. Even the songs that that they were singing, is that Is that a song unto God or is is that a worldly song? We have to be careful. A little compromise can create a big, big problems. And God is saying, if you don't remove that problem or deal with it, you might find yourself fighting against me. If you don't take that stuff out of my house, if you don't get that pornography out of my house, if you don't get that stuff, that lasciviousness, if you don't get all that stuff out of my house, you go find yourself fighting against me. You don't believe it? Revelation 2.15. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The last thing I want to say, and I'm closing, is that we can't love Jesus and the world at the same time. Carnality, carnality destroys relationships with God. It it just kills our relationship and our fellowship with him and with one another. It destroys prayer life. Carnality can destroy your prayer life. A carnal believer, a carnal Christian does not pray. Not really. When you're carnal, you don't pray. Carnal people don't pray. They don't stay in their word. They don't seek the heart of God. So it destroys, eventually, your relationship and your fellowship with God and with one another. A deep prayer life exposes and crushes hypocrisy. Listen, a deep prayer life crushes and destroys hypocrisy. Yes. Uh he's probably watching tonight, Elder Elder Blackwood in the Bronx. He says it all the time. No prayer, no power. More prayer, more power. I can hear him saying it now. Go on and say it. I'll give you some time. Um Carnality also destroys spiritual power and hinders, it can hinder the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You got a church full of carnal people trying to to get somebody to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have become stumbling blocks because we have brought all of this sin into the church. Now let's talk In, in, in the medical realm. They clean the operating room has to be cleaned and 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 disinfected before they'll operate or before they will not give birth to a baby in the in a, a operating room that's already been used it has to be cleaned first why because they don't want the baby to be infected so we got to get all of this gook out of God's house in short everything that God calls us to be if we bring all of this mess into his house, we'll be compromised. So we gotta get rid of this mentality that says anything goes. So in closing, I'm gonna stop here. I've already mispronounced words and uh, the phone is ringing and everything. The enemy don't want me to teach this lesson tonight, but I'm gonna say it. We gotta get rid of that compromising mentality. And I want to remind you how subtle sin can be. You let a little bit in, eventually it will turn into a rushing. You let a little water in, and eventually it will turn into a tsunami. Woe be to the church who was silent and compromises on God's standard. Woe unto you. God said, I will come down and fight you myself with my word. I don't want to be in the same spiritual condition that Samson found himself in. Hallelujah. Bible says he shook himself and he knew not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. My God. You don't believe it? Go with me to Judges 16 and 20. The book of Judges 16 and 20, it says, and she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He had been going back and forth with Delilah, and finally he compromised and gave up, gave up the secret to his strength. And when the church compromises, you start giving up your strength. Samson, and he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. I don't want to be like that. I'm shaking and I'd I don't even know that the power of God has left me. I want to stay where God wants me to be and continue to walk in his truth, hallelujah, and in his strength. And in order to do that, I can't allow myself to get pulled in or even develop the uh, mentality of compromise. God said, repent. And if you don't repent, I'll fight against you myself. And he that overcomes, I'll give you a white stone of acquittal. And I'll give you a new name. Hallelujah. Only one that will know the name. This name is between me and you. Hallelujah. I'll give you a new name. Hallelujah. I don't know what that name is, but I'm striving every day. I want to make it into that city. I want Christ Hallelujah, always and forever in my life. And I want to spend eternity with him. How about you? How about you? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this lesson on today. The enemy is fighting and the enemy is doing so many things. But we believe, Lord, if we endure to the end, we shall be saved. We're going to be fine. Trials and temptations. Hallelujah. But we're determined to be overcomers. Bless everyone tonight under the sound of my voice, everyone who has connected. Oh, God, in your precious name we pray. Amen. You might want to be baptized in that name, above all names, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do, send me that request, won't you? Admin at Mm grtdc.com. Admin, I'm sorry admin at grtdc.org and someone from the staff will get back to you and we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized into that wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a special request? Send that request to me so we can touch and agree. I'll lay those requests on the altar. Admin at grtdc.org The Lord bless you now if you want to make a uh, a donation, or if you want to pay your tithes, give an offering to this ministry, you can do so. Our technician will put that information on the screen for you and will give you time where you can plant that seed in the ministry. Father, in the name of your Son Jesus Christ, we pray for those who are planting seed tonight, those who are planting seed in this ministry. We pray that you bless them, bless their lives. We ask. Take this seed and bring forth harvest, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. Now, this is the final <clears throat> excuse me, the final Bible study of 2021. When we come together, uh, the Lord says on next week, it'll be the very first Bible study of the year 2022. God has been so good to us. We've been through so many things. Now, this Friday evening is watch night service. And what we're doing, um, it will be totally virtual. No one has to come to to the church uh, per se, uh, but we all can enjoy worship in the privacy of our own homes. Uh, But it will be live streamed. There will be worship service, but everyone can stay home. Uh, And you can tune into our YouTube channel, Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C., or uh, our Facebook page. You'll also be able to see it on uh, Refuge Temple Annex Cool J.C. Facebook page. All right. I love you all. want you to have a wonderful and blessed Watch Night service for those of you who may be attending other churches. Uh, but if you're not going to be attending uh, uh, in the physical sense, feel free to connect with us on this Friday evening, the 31st of December. Service will begin at 11 p.m. Until then, want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom.